Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Before we jump into our study this morning, let me ask you to turn to the person next to you and say, this is a weird chapter. Go ahead, do it. Because it really is a weird chapter. It really is. Now, let me just kind of set up the, uh, where we are uh, this morning. Revelation chapter 1, get your pen and pad it out also, because you're going to need to take some notes this morning. Revelation chapter 1 Verse 19 is a short, simple summary statement of the entire book. It reads, write the things which you have seen. John is told to write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things that will take place after this. This is a short, simple summary statement of the entire book. It's a three-section outline. Now, many people have said the book of Revelation is hard to understand, that you shouldn't teach it because nobody can understand it anyway. And I've heard it all. And let me just tell you, it's not difficult to understand at all. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit would record something for us that we can't understand. So it's very easy to understand. If you start with this very simple outline, it's a three-section outline. John is told to write the things that he has seen. In chapter 1, that's the first section. John saw the resurrected, glorified Jesus, the things which he has seen. And then in chapters 2 and 3, the things which are. That's the second section. The seven messages in chapters 2 and 3. If you were not here, you can pick up the tape or order them. The seven messages to the seven churches which speak of seven epics of church history. So chapters 2 and 3, we get a panoramic view of church history in its entirety or in, in its totality. And the third and the final section is in chapters 6 through 19, the things which will take place after this. Now, the word after this is the Greek word metatauta, M E. T-A-T-A-U-T-A, metatauta, and that simply means after this. There's your Greek lesson for the day. You're all Greek scholars now. After this means after this, metatauta, after what? After the church age, after the church period, moves us into the tribulation period. Actually, it's after chapters 2 and 3, we see John is caught up in heaven. In chapter 4, the rapture of the church we see in chapter 4. In chapter 5, 
Jesus stands and takes the title deed to the planet Earth. And then in chapter 6 begins the tribulation period. Chapter 6, we have the opening of the first six of seven seals. Chapter 7, I like to call it a divine intermission. Because there in chapter 7, we see 144,000 Jewish believers are sealed. And then the last time we were together in chapter 8, which was three weeks ago, in chapter 8, with the opening of the seventh seal, something happened in heaven that had never happened in heaven before. A holy hush was in heaven. The Bible says there was silence in heaven for half hour. That had never happened in heaven before, you see, because people in heaven, they're worshiping God. Remember, in chapter 4, John was raptured, and the first thing he saw was a throne set in the midst of heaven. And from the throne were lightnings and thunders, and, and people were around the throne singing praise to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the angels were saying, and even Isaiah told us that when he was caught up into heaven, he saw the glory of the Lord fill the temple. So in heaven, throughout all of eternity in heaven, there has been worship. Worship is the program of heaven. Important to understand. That's why it's important for you to worship, because when you get to heaven, you'll be just fit right in. Because worship is the program of heaven. And so in chapter eight, now we see something happens for the first time that has never happened before. What? Silence in heaven. Now, someone once said that we know that there were no women in heaven because there was silence there for a half hour. Now, I didn't say that, ladies. I, I don't even agree with it. I don't even agree with it. Ladies going, that's good. You don't agree. Don't make me get started. And so that's right. There was silence in heaven. And then in chapter 8, last time we were together, we saw it. The first trumpet blows, and a third of the earth is on fire. The second trumpet sounds. And the sea is boiling, and a third of the ocean dies. The third trumpet sounds, and a star is falling, and the name of the star is Wormwood. And this star falls and pollutes the water. The fourth trumpet sounds, and the sky is darkening, and only a third of the light, the sun, the moon, the stars, will be seen. Which brought us to verse 13 of chapter 8. And I looked. And I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Now notice the three woes. Woe, 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 the angel says. Now this word woe can be used in different ways. For example, when you get to heaven, the first thing you're going to say is, whoa. <laughs> you know, people think when they get to heaven, they're going to say, now, God, I've got a few questions for you. <laughs> Have you heard people say that? They'll say, when I get to heaven, I've got a few words for God. Me and God, we're going to have to have a little conversation. No, 
No, there will be no conversation in heaven. When you get to heaven, the first thing you're going to say is, whoa, look at that. Wow, look at that. Whoa, wow, look at that. That's one way to use the word whoa. There's another way, like when you're riding a horse. You say, whoa, horsey. I like horsey. Whoa, horsey. Which brings me to mind of this story of a, a guy who bought this Christian horse. And he was told that he had to remember two important things. If he wanted the horse to go, he would say, praise the Lord. If he wanted the horse to stop, he would say, hallelujah. Well, no sooner did he get the horse home and out for a ride, the horse had great pickup. He was off and running, and suddenly the man noticed a cliff, and he couldn't remember how to get the horse to stop. And he said, whoa, stop, play dead. God loves you. And right before he was about to reach the edge of the cliff, he remembered, hallelujah. Well, the horse came to a screeching hold, a complete stop right at the edge of the cliff. And the man was so relieved, he said, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Boom. Well, that's one way to use the word woe. And in chapter 8, verse 13. The other way to use the word woe is like, beware, watch out, watch out for what's about to happen, get ready. That's the word woe here in, our, in, verse eight, in verse 13 of chapter 8. The sun is darkened, the moon looks like blood, the water is contaminated. How can things get any worse? Well, they can and they will. Chapter 9 gets worse and literally all hell breaks loose in chapter 9. What heaven hasn't finished in chapter 8, hell seeks to finish in chapter 9. You could title this sermon, this chapter, Hell Visits the Earth. Now here in chapter 9, the fifth trumpet sounds in verses 1 through 12. And you guys know I'm an outline guy. I think outlines make things nice and easy. So here's a simple outline divided into four sections that we're going to look at this morning. Verse 1, we see a star is unfixed. A star is unfixed. In verse 2, we see a pit is unlocked. Verse 3 through 10, a horde is unleashed. And then in verse 6, a world is unnerved. We have a star unfixed, a pit unlocked, a horde unleashed. And in verse 6, a world unnerved. I realize this is a little bit out of order, but we're going to look at it in this order this morning. Now, if you think the first four trumpets were bad, you haven't seen nothing yet. Check out the next trumpet blast. Revelation chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. If you're there, would you say a hearty amen? Amen. Now, we're going to read verses 1 through 11, then we'll come back and we'll deal with our outline. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. 
And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And then out of the smoke, note this, if the smoke wasn't bad enough, notice what comes forth out of the smoke. Locust came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, his name is what? Apollyon. His name is what? Apollyon. Now, give me your attention, if you will. Notice, notice our first point, a star is fixed. A star is unfixed. Now, this chapter opens with the fifth angel sounding his trumpet, and again, a star falls from heaven. Now, I say again because in chapter 8, a star fell from heaven, and its name was Wormwood, which speaks of death. And a third of the rivers become so polluted that if you drank it, it would kill you. But this is a different star. This star has a personality. Did you see that in verse 1? He has a personality. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, the million-dollar question, who is the star? Who is this personality? Scholars have many, many, many different opinions and speculations as to who is the star. From Nero to Satan to the Antichrist to Jesus Christ, I believe this star is speaking of Satan himself. The star is Satan. Now, you want to note that this verse literally reads, in its original translation, it reads, I saw a star that had fallen from heaven that had fallen. It speaks of an event that already happened at an earlier date, but had lingering results. It had fallen before when Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 15 tells us about that fall. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, see, this is how the star Satan has fallen. Notice how many times she says, I, I, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. And then notice in verse 15, God's response. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, that's hell, to the recesses of the pit. Satan, a star has fallen. And then Jesus in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, if you're taking notes, write that down. Look it up in your own time. The 70 disciples had just come back from a missionary trip and they were excited. While they were on their missionary trip, they cast out demons and they had power over the devil and over demons and scorpions and they had power. And they came back and they said to Jesus, they said, we have power over demons and over scorpions and over sickness and in all kinds of evil. And they were excited. And Jesus said to them, he said, don't rejoice that you had power over the devil, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And then he went on to say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, past tense. So we know as we put the scriptures together, we know. That Satan was once an angelic being involved in worship, whose heart became filled with pride. And the result was he got the boot out of heaven. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, look that up in your own time, tells us a third of the angels was cast out of heaven with him. So this star fallen from heaven to the earth, I believe his name is Satan. And notice again, if you will, in verse 11, look in your Bibles. He has another name in Hebrew, Abaddon. But in Greek, his name is Apollyon. Both these names mean destroyer. Destroyer. Now, you can learn a lot about a person, a biblical character, by understanding their name. You can learn a lot about them. Abraham means the father of many. And he was that. Enoch, his name means dedicated. And he was that. Goliath, his name means a heap. Now, I don't know why his name is a heap. Maybe he was just so big they thought he was a heap of a guy, I guess. I don't know. And then Jesus, of course. His name means savior. And certainly he was that. Amen. He was our savior. And Satan means opposition. Satan means adversary. Satan means contrary to, opposed to. And he most certainly is opposed to Christians. Satan is the superhuman enemy of God. Satan is the superhuman enemy of God's people, of Christians. Satan hates anything that is like God. Satan hates anything that is good. Satan hates anything that is right, anything that is holy. Satan hates Christians. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said that Satan has come to what? To kill, to rob, and destroy. He hates you. 
on my trip. This last couple of weeks, I was uh, speaking uh, at many churches and, and, and at several conferences. And I was speaking on three great enemies of the faith, talking about the fact that Satan hates Christians. And I think that one of the reasons why many Christians are so defeated in their walk as a Christian because they don't realize that there is a real battle, a real spiritual warfare going on in the, in the world. That we don't realize that if we could pull back what we now see in this room as reality, I think if you could just kind of peel it back, you know, like you would do a label, if you could peel it back, you would see demonic angelic beings and you would see godly angelic beings doing battle for your soul. And I think we forget about that. We forget that there's a spiritual element going on. Even in your house where there is problems and situations in your marriage or there's problems with your children or there's problems at work, don't be so quick to discount the fact that there is a spiritual battle going on. Satan hates you. Number one rule of military strategy is to understand your enemy, to know your enemy. Well, Christian, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, if you're going to be victorious in your life as a Christian, number one, understand your enemy, understand he's not your friend. Satan hates you. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. No matter what language you speak, no matter what culture you're from, the devil is an equal opportunity destroyer. Satan is not a racist. Satan does not discriminate between the races. He destroys everybody and he hates you. He's not your friend. He's no enemy to play with. He's mean. He's ugly. Even his very name is mean and ugly. I mean, how many new mothers are thinking of naming their son Satan? How many kids on the block do you know named the devil? Does anybody name their kid the devil? No. His name, his very name speaks of that which is evil. Someone once suggested, if you look closely at his name, the devil D-E-V-I-L. Everything about his name is evil. Take away the D, what do you have? Evil, because Satan is evil. Take away the E, what do you have? Vile, because Satan is vile. Take away the V, what do you have? Ill, because Satan is ill. Yuck, man. Take away the I, what do you have? L, because that's where he wants to take you. He wants to take you to L. You knew that, right? He wants to take as many people as possible. See, Satan knows that his time is winding down. I completely believe that he knows that Jesus is planning to come soon. I don't believe he knows exactly when. But I believe he knows soon. And he's trying to take as many people with him as possible. What do you think is going on in our youth today? Satan has stepped up his attacks. What do you think April 20th, 1999, Littleton, Colorado, Columbine High School was about? You think that was about 
two guys having a bad day? No, it was about Satan stepping up his attacks on the youth of America because he knows his time is short. I was recently reading an article and it it told of the morning of the murders. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebel left behind a videotape. And on the videotape, he said, Eric Klebel, uh, Dylan Klebel said, we are ready for our little judgment day. Klebel said goodbye to his parents. He said, I don't like life much. Just know I'm going to a better place on the video. How sick is that? I mean, the day that you're going to commit such atrocities, the day that you're going to commit such murders, and you say, oh, I know I'm going to a better place. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.